0: What's up, everybody? This is Fred Rachani of TSC right here at New York Comic-Con 2019. Jacob Javits Center, New York City. We come here every year, and man, it keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting better. I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy some highlights of NYCC19. Staying alongside our old friend Mike Kingston of Headlock Comic, author, creator, he has got a gigantic line, as usual, as is the case every NYCC. Mike, how's
1: 2019 treating you? Uh, it's all right. I mean, you know, my main focus now is just trying to get this monster sponsorship. You know what I mean? So, but uh, no, it's been it's been good. Uh, it started out a little rough, but uh, ever since, like, I don't know, mid-June, like, the pedal just hit the floor, and we've had a lot of opportunities and a lot of uh, killer shows, and it's it's been really good.
0: Now, you shared a really interesting story on your Facebook page about what happened here. You had everything booked. Uh, you're a guy that's a meticulous planner. And then over the last couple of months, you had to change your entire lineup. Can you tell us what happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, 51 other weekends, 51 other Fridays of, uh, of the year would have been great. But the first SmackDown on Fox had to be this Friday. So, uh, you know, we had a whole lineup set, and uh, those guys all uh, got pulled for SmackDown and you know uh we were able to maintain mc foley uh he's a trooper and he's gonna you know fly out to la and then fly back to do the show which is madness in and of itself but uh you know we uh we, we adapted you know we, we got some some other cool guests and uh you know it, in a way it was beneficial just because it forced me to reach outside of the circle that i have and to to get some other people and uh it's cool, you know, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter's a legend and, you know, Hall and Nash are like the epitome of cool. Like, I don't know if I've ever done a photo op with people that made me feel small before. But, like, you know, we took a picture for social media when they got there and I'm like, man, I feel like a midget. Like, it's crazy. So, but uh, it's uh, it's good, man. The show's been good. The response has been good. People like the prints. People like the, the guests. And, you know, we just try to keep repping uh, reppin wrestling at Comic-Con.
0: That's awesome! And for any fans that may have heard of Headlocked but maybe aren't too familiar with it, can you give us like a little synopsis of what they can expect for for Headlock?
1: Oh, the, about the series? Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's an HBO style drama about a kid working his way through the wrestling business. Um, we've got uh, we've actually got volume four coming out. Um, Jerry Lawler does the covers to it. Uh, the interiors are done by uh, Mikel Molopola, who's a Samoan wrestler from New Zealand. So. Not only is it a book about the art of wrestling, but all the art is done my actual professional wrestlers. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, Volume 4 is going to be finished next week, and uh, that'll be out momentarily. Uh, we're doing a collection of short stories this year that'll be out. We're going to work on Volume 5. Um, we've got uh, we've got some weird, uh, I don't know, some Hollywood actors that are like interested in what we're doing, which is nuts. Uh it's uh it's been it's been crazy like the past i don't know it's it's funny for years you know i've been beating the wrestling drum and you know comic-con's kind of by myself and now it's blowing up a little bit you know what i mean but uh it's nice to see so it makes me happy
0: for those that don't know you've had a number of pro wrestling contributors over to your to your books but the man that really kicked it off for you was jerry the king lawler and It's pretty incredible. I believe the dude is the ripe young age of 70 years old. He recently got cast on Monday Night Raw as an announcer again alongside Dio Madden and Vic Joseph, and he's still got it. It's pretty incredible, and this guy's overcome a lot of tragedy, a lot of near-death situations, uh, a lot of uh, wrestling retirements where they take him off TV. Maybe they feel like he's too old, and here he is, 70 years old, Back in the swing of things, doing his thing, also doing some great work with you. Can you just talk a little bit about Jerry Lawler, the person
1: and the performer, and how he's able to just cheat death over time? Jerry's amazing to me. Um, I think that he'll never get the credit that he deserves for what he's brought to, to wrestling in this day and age. Like, I mean, people don't realize, but like, almost everything. That's sort of staple of what you consider modern wrestling, like they did in Memphis first. Like, I mean, Andy Kaufman had to go to Memphis because nobody would do, like, the celebrity tie-in thing. You know what I mean? Obviously, that became legendary. But, uh, you know, he had Adam West on in Memphis as Batman. He had had guys in monster masks wrestling as monsters. I mean, all this stuff that, you know, these entertainment concepts. And then, you know, I mean, 90% of ECW was, like, you know, right out of Memphis. So it's been... um, it's been really, uh, it's really cool to me that like, you know, a lot of people just know him as, you know, as the puppies guy or whatever. But like, I mean, to me, he's one of the greatest performers. He's one of the greatest creative minds. Um, I mean, I, to, to be able to have him do what he's doing for me is, is awesome. And, you know, people know him how they know him. And I know him, you know, obviously very differently. Like we go to art museums, which to me is amazing. You know what I mean? Like people don't necessarily would think about that, you know, that, but... I've been to more art museums with Jerry Lawler than any other person on, on earth, and uh, I think that that's, uh, I don't know, it's, you always. I always kind of wish people would know him like I know him, you know what I mean, because, you know, when you see people on TV, they just sort of, you assume that their persona is your persona, but, you know, knowing so many guys, like, I know, you know what I mean, like, it's its just different, and, uh, but he's a good dude, and he's a creative dude, and, I mean, he changed my life by being a part of Headlocked, and, uh, I mean, I'll... You know, I'd step in front of a bus for the man if I could. Well said. Now, you and I have both been
0: around a lot of different wrestling veterans, legends like Jerry Lawler had the pleasure of calling some of these guys our friends. What's the most important lesson you've learned from Jerry King Lawler?
1: Man, that's tough. I mean, uh, he's definitely taught me a lot about wrestling, a lot about storytelling. Uh, um, I think the thing, honestly, that 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 I learned from watching him is like, he's still a fan of stuff, like, he's not a, he's not, you know, he's a star, he's a star to to so many people, but he never carries himself like a star, you know, and he, he's always told me, he goes, you know, I feel like a, I feel like a, a, a guy that stuff happens to, um, and, you know, like, we'll, we'll go to Comic-Cons, you know, we'll be in the green room, and we'll mark out for celebrities, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll run through the convention and you know looking at looking at art and stuff and you know what I mean. He still likes what he likes and he's you know and everybody's seen it. I mean, he's got like a Coke collection and he's got uh, you know Superman stuff and whatever. I mean, you know, as famous as the guy is and he's been famous for mo- he's been famous way more of his life than he than he hasn't been famous. He never forgot to sort of keep his love for the things that he loves. And I think that that's uh, I think that's cool. It keeps you grounded. I mean, like I said, for a guy like that, super humble.
0: For sure. Now, before we let you go, we do appreciate the time. You had a ton of fans still coming in here to get autographs of the Outsiders and Gangrel. Where can fans find Headlocked online?
1: All of our social media is Headlocked Comic. Our website is com. then Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards, our YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, 2020, I mean, we've been doing – I feel like we've been growing, we've been growing, we've been growing. But I think 2020, we're going to blow the doors off, so, uh, you know. If you, haven't, if you haven't been on board, you know, maybe now's the time to get on board, you know? So come, uh, come join our little mad world of nonsense and wrestling and comics and, you know, it's, it's fun. We got cookies.
0: Look who we ran into, our broski buddies, Mike Rinsberg, Joseph Pompa, the current world tag team champions of Comic-Con. Gentlemen,
2: how's your NYCC experience so far? So far it's day one, it's freaking awesome, I love Comic Con, I love the people here, the cosplay, the comics, the wrestlers, you know, everything that we all love is right here in one place, plus, the best part is, it's our Broski getaway weekend for all the guys each year, and I like to get away from my wife once in a blue moon, so, awesome time so far. And speaking of wife, my man Joe here just
0: got engaged, but you didn't just get engaged any normal way. You had the ultimate wrestling fan's dream. Let's take a look real quick. As we saw right there, you got engaged via Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins live in the flesh with a bunch of wrestling fans cheering you on. First of all, your fiance has got to be the coolest woman on planet Earth. How does it feel to be engaged, and how does it feel to have those proceeds be done by the broskies?
2: It was a very cool experience. Uh, they were awesome about setting the whole thing up, and, uh, yeah, it's it's. A very humbling experience being in that situation Um, and I'm speechless.
0: I'd say you're a lot more internet famous than me now, man. 60,000 views on that freaking video, Broski. But we've been coming here over the years and we've seen the gap between wrestling, between comics, be bridged at this event. Can you guys just talk about why you choose to continue to rep our main man, Zack Ryder?
2: Why? Because he's the main Broski. Um, You know, he's Awesome. That's all I could go and say. Uh, you know, he's good with his fans. Um, I like his ring in-ring action. So it's always a good time to represent the Woo 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 brand. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder are just like us. They love collectibles, they love action figures, and it's basically like they do everything that we do, and they're the wrestlers, and we're the fans. And as somebody that's also
0: met Zack Ryder, with you guys, by the way, I got to say they're super humble. You know, there's something to be said for being approachable, signing every autograph, taking every picture, talking to every fan. So before we go, gentlemen, you know the deal. How does the catchphrase go? Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Bro. They know it. We all know it. He knows it. I know it, and we'll get it right eventually.
2: I am the tag team champions. No, I'm the tag team champion. No, I'm the tag team champion. No, I'm the tag team champions. No, tag team champions. I don't think so. Oh.
0: Roll the tape, kids. We have right here Gary, the director of production for the
2: game Summoner's War. Gary, how's Comic-Con treating Actually pretty good. This is my first time for, uh, coming to New York. I mean, San Diego was bomb, and here it was, wow, it's just crazy. I love it.
0: Now, I've heard a lot about your game. You guys have actually been around for about five years now, and it's yeah. only
2: growing. You've got a great crowd here. Can you tell people a little bit about the game? Yeah, definitely. It's like a little bit of a role-playing game, a little bit of Final Fantasy and Pokemon kind of merged together. And also, we have about a 1,000 monsters to collect. And also, yeah, I mean, we now have like a strong community of people. We're actually going into a little bit of eSports as well. So we just finished up our America's Cup, Europe Cup, Asia Cup. Now the World Finals in Paris is going to happen, actually, this month. That's
0: pretty incredible and you mentioned esports and uh, I feel like now with a lot of games before they were created and a lot of them just happen to become part of esports and nowadays you see a lot of game developers creating games for the purpose of esports so when you guys were creating this game did you have in the back of your mind like hey maybe this is something
2: people could be competitive in? You know, actually, we just thought this would be a little bit more of a casual kind of game set. And honestly, uh, the community grew itself at this point. And this is, like, the amazing part where these people just gather together and they're, like, having a little bit of a friendly competition with each other. Slowly, they started comparing their monsters and everything else. It's like, hey, you have a better monster than me. You know what? I'm going to try to get him. (laughs) And then it just becomes competition. It's like, oh, you're better than me? You know what? It's kind of like a social gaming in some manner. So I'm always curious, too, with with these types of games, like, What
0: made you choose uh, the platforms here and and to make it kind of like a a mobile game and everything else because you think about like uh, you know the consoles. I mean that's that's an attractive model. PG, primarily PC. That's that's an attractive model. And yeah. at times it can be a hit or miss on, on mobile. Obviously it's worked out for you guys
2: and everything. But what went into kind of the decision making to say okay this is going to be the best platform or platform? Um, actually for Com2Us when it start, uh, first began, it was just started as a mobile gaming company. And so far we did not really think about console, and we just stayed true to mobile altogether. And so Summer's War, of course, as a platform, we did first start off as you know iTunes and also. Google. Google play but then out of nowhere it's like okay let's try the Amazon App Store as well so that's how much we expanded so far so far nothing about consoles and gaming sadly <laughs> what's the biggest misconception about your job you know um, with the director of production per se uh, it's kind of a little bit confusing I guess um, some people would consider like what do you exactly do what is production so they would be like okay um, does he do live operations Does he do development most of the time yeah we do development um, in some manner uh, live operations to make sure the server doesn't shut down and everything else and uh, recently for our occupation we've been doing a lot for influencer relations content creation to help and guide other people to play summer's war and influencers like content creators we would like to enforce and empower them to actually create more content and also become prominent people in the community what's a pro tip for somebody that hasn't played the game before You know what? Take it at your own pace and also play with friends all the time. This is a social game in in many ways. Um, It's to a point when you play with your friends and then you meet other people with the same passion, you get that goosebump type of feeling that it's like, I feel like I belong into this family. That's what it's Summer's War is all about. Now we got a couple months left in the year. What have you guys got going on? Uh, I can't really say much, except for the World Finals that's going to happen in Paris. So that's going to be on um, October 25th, and um, we'll see who's going to take the uh, crown champion. And this is going to be our third eSports tournament for the year. So it's pretty exciting. Fantastic. And before we let you go, where can fans find you in the game online? Um, actually, um, if you guys want to, we do have a Comteus USA Twitch channel. So it's Comtos USA. We stream uh, Summers War every uh, Friday and also Wednesday, two p.m. to three p.m. And also we also cater to the Portuguese uh, Brazilian community on Wednesdays, four to five. We have soccer spirits, We have a lot.
3: This year we've got a great cast, so we're going to start off right here to my right, the grand above, of all things, Headlock Comics writer extraordinaire, publisher extraordinaire, and someone who has broken through not just. Uh, the expectations and the blueprints of what a pro wrestling book should be, but an independent comic book and how it can be marketed, how it can be successful outside of the realm of Diamond and all those other wonderful distribution companies. Michael Kingston. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, all the way at the end, One of the iconic stars of the WWF Attitude Era, the leader of the brood. He's been fanging and banging for many years under many personas, but he's perhaps most beloved as Gangrel. To his immediate left, an incredibly talented artist who does a lot of the art prints that Headlock released. Uh, with the mashups of the great iconic Marvel and DC comic book covers featuring pro wrestling personalities and pro wrestling scenarios. He's going to be doing uh, artwork for the upcoming Headlock book, which we will talk about in a few minutes. And he's also done some artwork of late for Chikara. He's an incredible artist, Mr. Doug Hills. Now I know that Mick introduced her and he talked about some of the things that she's done in the wrestling realm. But Ms. Jill Thompson is one of the most iconic, wonderful artists and writers who have ever been around in comic books. Wonder Woman, Swamp Thing, Scary Godmother, and of course Sandman, Ms. Jill Thompson. And last but not least, not that we really need to introduce him, but the pride of Long Island, WWE Hall of Famer, King of the Deathmatch, and one of the most genuine, wonderful people who have ever been around the world professional wrestling. Uh, he broke the boundaries for what people believe pro wrestling fans would actually like with his first autobiography, Have a Nice Day, a Blood, and Sweat Socks. And he's also done an amazing amount of charity work, not just here in this country, but all over the world. If there is a wonderful person that you can point at and say, this is what classic pro wrestling is about, it's this man, Mick Foley. I think we'll start with you. Uh, I know we've got some new projects coming up, but before we get there, let's, for those of you who aren't familiar with Headlock, how many of you have read the Headlock book previously? All right, good amount. So, for those of you who haven't been to the booth yet, who should come over later?
4: Uh, I booth number 137. There you go. Me, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Gangrel, Sergeant Slaughter. Tomorrow, Janela baby will be there, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we got Janela. I <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, so stop by and uh, say hello. All right, so Mike,
3: talk a little bit about the origin of Headlock and uh, wanting to create something that you didn't see in the marketplace that you know you'd enjoy. Yeah, I was a wrestling
1: fan and a comic fan for you know a good chunk of my life, probably since I was about eight, seven, eight years old, and. Uh, you know I, I would buy every wrestling comic that came out and there just there wasn't i don't know it wasn't stuff that i really wanted to read um a lot of it was just uh i don't know it was different it was like wrestling comic comics they were about wrestling they were you know wrestlers doing things other than wrestling um and so you know i just i thought that
4: you know if Are i was talking talk- about the wcw comic book where cactus jack became an international terrorist by
1: Planting a bomb on a cruise <laughs> ship. <laughs> I mean, and maybe making a real reference to, to that book. The last book on The But yeah, so I, I thought like if I as a wrestling fan would want to read this, then maybe other wrestling fans would want to read something similar. So, you know, I took it, I, I made up a you know pitch. I planned to, you know, took it around I and mean, uh, I was severely laughed out of the... Uh, you know, every meeting I was in, I mean, like, literally straight laughed at it. Um, you know, people like, wrestling and comics, like, what, what, what is that? And an audience, when like, Kickstarter became a thing, and that enabled us to, to make, uh, to make the book sort of semi-regular as much as we can. And, uh, you know, we're we'll holding down a, a regular job, but, uh, yeah, it's been, a, a little bit of, a. A journey and uh, really kind of excited where we're at and very excited where we're going.
3: So, for those who have never seen the book, it treats pro wrestling as a serious subject. It's not a very silly version of pro wrestling. Uh, The the main character is a character named Mike Hartman, a college age drama student who discovers pro wrestling, falls in love with it, wants to do it, and realizes this is not going to be as easy as he thinks. Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, the voice of Mike Hartman and, and why he was the initial. Entry into the world of headlocked. I wanted somebody to, that, you know, anybody could
1: anybody could read. So you start starting at the ground level from day zero. Um, you know, I wanted to be accessible to anybody. Because ultimately, you think about, like, Rocky. How many people watch Rocky? It's a super popular movie, but how many people watch boxing, you know, sort of on the red? Not as many, obviously. So... I mean, I felt like if you could tell an entertaining enough story that, you know, people would be interested in it. So, I wanted to make it so people could follow it from the beginning. So, we, he's basically a, a blank slate who steps in and this and, uh, you know, makes a, a hundred mistakes. Like, I think anybody ever though, you know, I made a hundred mistakes when I decided to publish Headlock. And I think everybody that, that walks into, you know, starts to do something that there's not like a prescribed path on, they, they all make mistakes. and. Uh, you know, that sort of drives some of the story going, you know, at the beginning and, and it's sort of uh, examining the craft of wrestling through the eyes of a performance artist. So I want people who maybe have that sort of snap judgment about wrestling and have that sort of stuffy attitude that people used to have when I, when I grew up. Uh, to be able to maybe read a story and be like,
4: wow, this is entertaining and then sort of, you know, you hide the medicine and the food kind of thing. And, uh, Can I interject here? Yeah, um, you've been able to enlist several wrestlers. To participate in writing stories, right? Correct. Who are some of the people you have on board who have already contributed, and maybe one contributing to an upcoming project? Um, uh,
1: (laughs) So uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been really fortunate. I mean, obviously we've got Jerry the King Waller paints our covers, Um, but uh, we have uh, Hurricanes done a story for us. AJ Styles, Mojo. Rob and Nam, uh, Booker T did a piece of art for the book, um, and then the book. Booker uh, T did art. Yes. Uh, we have actually in the book that's upcoming, Fred Ottman, and Tugboat did a piece of art for it.
4: So uh, The deal between Mike Kingston and myself, I I did write a story for the upcoming book was made at New York Comic Con like four years ago mm-hmm. because it's expensive. This is like real estate, right? To have a table, how much do you have to pay to have those two tables there? Um, uh, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot of money. So he <laughs> yeah. told me that I could have a spot at the table for no charge if I would write a story for him. And then I think a good year went by. For four years. What a year went by. He uh, was like, "Can well, you that story?" And I was like, "Mike, I don't really do it. I don't know how to write for comics." So I essentially sent over. How many thousand words is it? Three. A lot of words. It's like three or four thousand. I just wrote in like a short story I don't know how to attribute dialogue and all that. I was like, "Here's the story. I want Jill Thompson. No, Jill Thompson do the art. Nobody do the art, and then you make out of it what you will." And so what do you I really appreciate how we whittled down those three or four thousand words into uh, stuff. Yeah, you did. All right. I it's a good story. It is a wrestling-driven Christmas story, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I think if Hallmark allowed <laughs> graphic
1: bloodletting in their movies, <laughs> there was <blood laughs> a lot of blood in okay. I there you go. go. Blood in my overhead light from spattering blood on the pages. <laughs> 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 right before I left, I looked at What's that? And I'm like, oh, that's the blood. <laughs> right. I believe we have yeah. two guests here who have yet to say a word, right? That is
4: true. true. Right. So, uh, Gangrel, so you know, he just, you like to he's a vampire. vampire. <laughs> he's a vampire, but he's a sensitive vampire. So I think we need to hear from him as well. Okay. Well,
3: I was just going to say that um, Gangrel and Mike have been working on a story, and I figured you guys could talk about it, one of the infamous stories that Mike's always, Mike always mentions on the panels is a famous cryptozoological character who has entered this headlock universe, and Gangrel is very much responsible for this. So, Mike, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Uh, well, I hope I don't dis- disappoint anybody am going to pull these things out. Other than that, it's going have the Gallagher's class on here. you what you Of course I love pro wrestling and, and, and you know, I've done it, 32 years of September I've been wrestling, 32 years, and um...
4: Nick used to call me the most injured man in pro wrestling, That yeah, a shoulder, and he used to pop out of his socket <laughs> and he would put it back in and continue wrestling, man, that's tough. But the love of pro wrestling, I also have a fascination and a love for Bigfoot. So,
3: so, you know, I would talk to Mike, we, we did different concerts, and I was like, man, I got this Bigfoot idea, you know, I want, I want somehow, if we can get Bigfoot, uh, meet a group of wrestlers or whatnot, and he decided to make it promoters, uh, so he went a different route, but, but, uh, he works his way into the, the, the wrestling world, everybody thinks he's, not Bigfoot; he's a human, you yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Bigfoot gets in there and gets a bit. It's about Bigfoot and wrestling, and it's really fun. He's, he's done a lot of things I've done, and a lot of things I've seen. Actually, my might say at the Down was a bit filthy." So, <laughs> it's, uh in the '80s in the Pacific Northwest,
1: you have a family-owned wrestling promotion that's of uh, the strain for sort of national expansion. So, you know, picture Portland wrestling and WWEs coming to town, and uh, you know the, the guys going out of business and. He feels like he's let his family down, and it's a little dark here for a second, and he goes into the woods He's there to commit suicide, and Bigfoot stops him, and then like any wrestling promoter worth his salt, he decides to train Bigfoot to be a wrestler, (laughs) (laughs) this is, everybody thinks it's a gimmick, but it's really Bigfoot, and then, uh, since it's the 80s, you know, you know know we're gonna get Bigfoot hooked on coke, so... (laughs)
0: Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that special look at NYCC19. We ran into some old friends. We made a lot of new ones. We even got to check out the Headlock comic panel featuring some wrestling legends and our good friend Mike Kingston. If you enjoyed this video, please like, share, take care. And if you like this special look at Comic-Con, maybe you want to check out our other videos, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, follow our podcast, do what you got to do. And until next time, everybody, as always... Enjoy the games, the comics, and hopefully we'll see you next year.